Singapore decides a post-presidential election special. We are continuing the conversation on Money FM 89.3's post-presidential election special. I'm Ryan Huang. If you just tuned in, we are unpacking the latest from the presidential elections together with two special guests in the studio. Eugene Tan, former nominated member of parliament, as well as associate professor of law at SMU, as well as Dr. Jillian Ko, senior research fellow at the Institute of Policy Studies. Now, it's going to be some fun. We'll be talking about the hits and misses as well as the campaign promises. Of course, during this PE, we saw all the candidates taking on a plethora of interviews, some of which were quite light-hearted and perhaps some that made them relatable to the voters. So let's take a listen to some of the highlights from SPH's Hey Kaki. First up, have a listen to this from Mr. Ong Kok Song. I lost my wife 18 years ago and I thought I would not fall in love again. So four years ago, I was very interested in Sybil and then when she told me that she loved me, I cried because love had entered my life again. It was interest at first sight, like at second sight, love at third sight. Alright, so first hit and miss is the media attention on the candidate's significant others in this PE versus maybe cast your mind by 2011 that didn't happen as much Eugene what's your thoughts yeah or no I, I think yeah in the sense that you know it enabled uh, voters to relate um, you know to to the candidates uh, you know particularly for for Mr. Kok Song you know given the 30 year age gap between him and his fiancée so I thought it's a way of, you know, trying to dispel, you know, whatever misconceptions or naughty ideas, you know, Singaporeans may have about the relationship. But I think it was also to give an insight into who they are. Mm, before we get to you, Julian, here's a listen to Mr. Taman. I think I saved most of my money for the first several salaries, but after about five years, I spent $6,000 from my accumulated savings to buy a 15-year-old car. In those days, it was actually quite cheap because there was no COE in that time uh, because uh, I was then already courting my future wife and we used to go up and down Malaysia all the time and the car was very helpful. All right, Julian. Yay or nay, the spotlight on the significant others this time around. Yay, because you have to remember, if these two candidates, Mr. Ngok Song and Mr. Shan Mugaratnam, did not explain the backgrounds of their significant others, that could spiral into a whole discussion about, do we have, will we have foreigners in the Astana if we vote for them? So I think the campaign managers were very, very astute. And whether Ms. Sibo Lau, the significant other of Mr. Ng, was actually effective or not, at least it cleared the air that she is a Singaporean citizen and has been here for 18 years. And likewise for Mrs. Shan Mugaratnam, that she'd been here since she was three. And uh, the interesting nugget is don't ask her to speak in Japanese because she's actually culturally Tichu. So I think that's very important because, remember, Mr Tan Kin Lian actually used that point to try and score uh, political capital by saying, I think at the Istana, we need two people who have been born and bred Singaporean. Blue-blooded Singaporeans Blue was, was, was this term. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was a hot talking point. And then secondly, I think uh, in discussions about courtship and the background, you will recall that all candidates tried to convince us that they started poor in life. Of course, nobody really bought that from Mr. Shanmugaratnam, um, but he did try to make that attempt. But you'll see very, very sincere effort telling of the biography by Mr. Tan and Mr. Ng. And I think we were touched by that. Why? 
It's a recognition that we all celebrate the fact that Singapore is an egalitarian society and we really do not like elitism and the arrogance of people higher up lording it over others. So I think they recognise what is the political vibe on the ground. And so I think, again, these are two points of yay. Yeah, important to be able to read the room. So here's a listen to Mr Tan Kindian. What is your favourite hawker dish? Okay, there are several. So it changed from time to time. My current favourite is uh, fish ball kuetiao soup. From where? <laughs> I go to a hawker centre near my house. Actually, not so near. I have to walk uh, half an hour. But it's good. That's, that's my daily exercise. It is in Amokyo Central. Okay, so you heard from Mr. Tan Kinlian talking about some of his favourite hawker dishes. Yeah, or nay for you? Was that a memorable moment for you? Did it backfire or did it work for him? Well, I, I would say, it, at least for me, it, it left no impression. Uh, you know, so, so it's not really a nay, but neither is it a, a yay. Uh, you know, so I think sometimes, you know, it may have gone a bit overboard, right? Because we really want to know what is it that makes the candidates tick. Not so much about their food preferences and whatnot. But I suppose, you know, different candidates would have different view of what is it that will enable them to relate to voters. And you know the thing about social media, Eugene, is you put it out there, you will know how many likes you will receive, how many shares you'll receive. Then, as we do, we look at actual content and we try to understand whether it's likes because people identified with it or because people were really horrified with it. Right? <laughs> but there's a counter. And I think if we use our judgment, we'll know whether it was really a yay or a nay. Yeah, but sometimes this postings you know, to my mind, are, they can be very random. You know, there's really it's not an yeah, elaborate but it scheme. Doesn't, or... If it doesn't take off, you know, immediately as a, as a candidate and as a, the campaign manager. So I think that's what's the difference with social media, where you can count, you can reproduce, you can share, as opposed to this <laughs> hard copy paper. Right? Sorry, <laughs> but your radio. All right, all right. So let's uh, move on now to some of the uh, more pressing questions. Now, winding back the clock just a little to the start of the campaign trail, how do you think the slogans and the symbols? resonated with the voters. Do you think those elements play a part in the voters' eventual choice because you're looking at the slip at the end of the day and then maybe you, you know, want to relate to what's simple for you in some sense? I mean, the pineapple is now, you know, ubiquitous, you know, so, so one wonders whether there'll be a garden patch, you know, at Istana, you know, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, cultivating pineapples, right? But I think the symbols, uh, you know, I think Mr. Tharman being that seasoned election campaigner and recognising that he was the only non-Chinese candidate obviously chose a symbol that was a nod, in my view, right, to the ethnic Chinese community, you know, even though he said that the pineapple was something that every sort of race could relate to, but is a peculiar, or of particular significance, you know, to the ethnic Chinese community. But I th thought, you know, Mr. Tharman's slogan, respect for all, was one that he manifested very consciously throughout his campaign, right? So he walked the talk. Consistently as well. Consistently, right? Uh, you know, never, you know, his fellow candidates would have criticised him or take a hit at him, you know, but he never really wanted to engage in, in this war of words, you know, maybe until the last day when there were social posts circulating about his son, you know, working at, at the Ministry mm. of Finance and, and when Mr. Ng, you know, said, you know, during the presidential forum that uh, Mr. Thaman was taking a, a pick at him. Mm. I thought uh, Mr. Tan Kin Lian's uh, slogan bring back trust, give us hope, you know, was very political in nature. And it certainly indicated, you know, that was his whole campaign, you know, to, to really take almost like a general election approach. And Mr. Ng leveraged what he was very keen of, you know, meditation, you know, financial skills, you know, so the whole idea of 
a heart within a hand and of course I thought it resonated well when it said well you know if one finger hurts mm. um, you know the palm the whole palm hurts as well Talking about Mr. Duncan Lee and Julian last Sunday the Straits Times hosted the Ask the Next President Anything show which drew questions from young Singaporeans and touched on issues such as mental health and corruption two candidates joined but interestingly Mr. Duncan Lee declined how would you assess his showmanship this time around versus back in 2011? Because, of course, he did do much better in terms of numbers. What's your take on this time versus last time? Well, I thought it was a bit curious that Mr. Tan really was very selective in the um, occasions that he wanted to show up at. And if you recall, he also said that after, I think, um, the final candidate broadcast, he actually said that he wouldn't be doing any more walkabouts. So that was a bit strange and um, it'll be difficult to know why, except if you ask Mr Tan himself. So, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I think that leaves a lot of um, questions still. Okay, talking about questions, we've got some around the campaign strategy. I think this is interesting because uh, we had a bit of a difference in approach. Um, most notably, where Mr. Ng Kok Song going for the digital approach rather than the billboards and what you see around the streets. Eugene, what's your take on that? Did that backfire for him to some extent? We will never know. But I think, you know, given that he was the least well-known candidate, uh, the lack of visibility in the real world as compared with the virtual space, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't work out well for him. I think, it, like it or not, posters and banners uh, you know, are a good representation you know, of you being in the race. Mm. And we must remember, right, not everyone goes on to social media. So I, I think, you know, the, the lack of visibility, recognition, you know, may have caused Mr Ng Kok Song. And also came up was the issue of being independent. And this was something that came out across all the platforms from all three candidates. Uh, there's been a range of opinions on this. You know, those who say no one is truly independent. You know, we also see independent candidates running in general elections. Based on what we're seeing, is the notion of being independent changing, Julian? I think it's very critical that this is a unique context. The unique context is that the president will have to exercise custodial powers over the use of reserves. So if, you know, the president needs to counter the plans of a duly elected government, right, then the question remains whether this person needs to be independent or actually against the government to begin with. Right. So I think this was an important debate and it's understandable. Um, I think what we realised from it is that, as Mr Shan Mugaratnam was trying to kind of explain, that it's not just about simple labels or associations of the past or even the present, but really an independence of mind. Nobody's setting out to say you have to begin with fighting against the government, be an adversary, then we vote you in. But really that you would be able through a consistent record show that you have your own mind about issues and you would take a fresh look at the plans and decide it's not to decide for a party or against a party against the government or against or for the government but really you know to take a look a fresh look at what is being presented and use your own lens and own criteria and metrics for deciding whether, for instance, this very consequential question of the use of past reserves, say, in a crisis, is something that will serve Singapore best. And I think we saw that in the broadcasts of the candidates, where Mr. Shan Mugaratnam said, you know, we'd have to consider how long-drawn and how unpredictable is that crisis that we want to kind of, uh, you know, uh, think about spending the reserves to 
tide us through and how is that money going to be spent so yeah i think we we had a very important debate on whether this concept of independence matters and then to begin with how do you define this concept of independence and it relates specifically to this role of uh, being president big thank you to our experts eugene tan assistant professor of law at the singapore management university also former nominated member of parliament thank you eugene Thank you for having me. It's been a delight. And also Dr. Jillian Koh, Senior Research Fellow at the Institute of Policy Studies. Thank you so much for your time, Jillian. Thanks for the opportunity. I really enjoyed talking to Eugene and to you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.